The information provided on the Finesse Your Money podcast is not intended to constitute legal, business, financial or other professional or product advice. It is provided as general information only and is not intended as a substitute for personal advice from a qualified and licensed professional who is familiar with the facts of your particular circumstances. Ever asked yourself where your money is going? It's a common problem for businesses and people personally. Is it dumb luck to be successful with money? Or is it the smartest and most successful businesses and people that plan and understand the value and purpose of money across generations? Is your money out of control or needing some finessing? In the third season of Finesse Your Money, the theme is more than money. We're talking all things money with our inspirational guests, but we go beyond that to explore creating a legacy beyond wealth, success and stewardship among families, the energy and purpose of money, well-being and wealth, relationships and money, connection, being intentional and values. Listen in to hear some excellent tips from our guests and set yourself up for a bright, happy future with a stronger sense of purpose around money. Get ready to be inspired. I'm Janine Wilson, the host of Finesse Your Money. I've been a financial advisor for 10 years and an accountant beforehand for, well, many more years. I'm the founder of Finesse Financial Advisors. Hi, and welcome to Finesse Your Money. I'm Janine Wilson. Our guest today is Melinda Min Melga. Min is a spiritual and natural health coach, empowering women to live vibrantly and intuitively, restoring their soul connection, self-love and health. Before beginning her heart-centered business, Essentially Well, Min spent 22 years in the legal and financial sector as a property paralegal and licensed conveyancer. During this time, she was a driven career woman, founding and managing two of her own successful property conveyance businesses. Becoming disillusioned with her life and chosen career path, she began a journey of connection and self-discovery. This led her to rethink her life and sell her property business. In 2016, Min suffered through challenging illness that threatened her whole body, being, mind and spirit. This complete burnout was the catalyst that led her to create massive change in her own life, moving her from darkness, disconnection and disease to a life of conscious health, abundance, energy and purpose. Through this journey of awakening and healing, she became a diploma qualified yoga teacher, certified life coach, aroma yoga instructor and aroma freedom practitioner, something I did enjoy myself. Min now coaches women online and in her studio. Min's carrying out her purpose by facilitating programs that bring women to a place of deep and honest self-love, acceptance and healing. Welcome, Min. Hi, Janine. Thank you. Uh, full disclosure here, Min and I have known each other for, should I say, two decades, maybe more? Yeah, probably um, more. <laughs> probably is. Having reconnected about two years ago, and when we were chatting recently, we realised that so many of events in our life had been paralleled in one way or in another, um, yes. escaping corporate life, our health problems, etc. So we just couldn't resist sharing with you, our listeners, part of that journey and what we've learned along the way. So let's get started. Min, tell us about your business and what it is that you do. Okay. Uh, so thank you for the introduction. I appreciate it. It's um, really nice to be here and chatting with you in this sort of environment. My business, I have named Essentially Well. And the reason I came up with that name is for myself for quite a long time, I was very, very unwell. I just didn't obviously realise it or have the awareness 
of the enormity of how unwell I really was. So this last nearly six years has been about bringing myself back to health and going through what I went through made me realize that there were so many other women, like you mentioned already yourself, that were going through this type of illness, if you like, or this type of chronic fatigue or whatever it might have been that was unique to them. So I began essentially well because I knew that there was a reason that I was going through this and that I could then help others be able to lift themselves out of that diseased state and back and bring themselves back to health and wellness. So basically what we do is I am a life coach focused more on the health and the spiritual side of the health. So looking at the being as a whole, so physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and energetically, because my training has brought me to that place of understanding that if we don't look after the whole, we suffer in different areas. So, And absolutely. I mean, from my perspective, it's just all about looking after all of your areas of life. And, you know, I, I found myself avoiding things, being a driven businesswoman and, cor- you know, yes. in corporate land. You become so driven. You, you aren't paying attention to self-care. You're not listening mm. to the signals. You're just totally avoiding them. So, you know, you just go on for years in, in most cases before something just brings you to your knees or <laughs> drops you to the floor, so to speak. Yes. And so yes. self-care and, and, you know, looking after your energy is just so vitally important. Oh, and mine completely because I've been in the exact same scenario and being in corporate, I've seen it over and over and over and over again, as you said. And I think what's really important to note there is the avoidance, you use the word avoidance. And I know for me, we have the awareness. We've had, we've all had that awareness, but we've stuffed it down. We've pushed it away. We've, we've almost compartmentalized it. And we've said, Oh, I'll get back to that later. And unfortunately, it comes back to us before we're ready to get back to it. In my opinion, that's what I found uh, and it totally took me out. So um, I just, I guess I never thought or never imagined that putting aside my health could absolutely take me out of the game completely, which it did. People of a certain age become invisible. Uh, you yes. know, that's a form of ageism. But the yeah. reality is that avoidance I was speaking about or mentioned that was one of the, you know, the key things that brought me to my knees, avoiding the signals that I was getting. I'd actually become completely invisible to myself. Self. Everything, yes. everyone ahead of me. Yes, yes, that's a really good point. And that's something that... I know for me, I, I when I was finding my way with what kind of coaching I was doing, at first we'd go through those things of, oh, am I a burnout coach? Am I a life coach? What am I, you know? And for me, that was really important because for most of my life, I knew I had some sort of purpose, but as you said, I became totally disconnected from myself. So when you become disconnected from yourself, how do you expect or how would you even begin to understand how you could connect with others. And it's those polarities of, you know, like I I love Marianne Williamson and in her book, uh, Return to Love, she talks about how can you know love without hate? How can you know light without shade? And it's those extreme polarities that bring us back to where are we? What are we connected to? Or are we even connected? And I I was the same. I was totally disconnected from who I was as a person and totally connected to who I was as a career woman, 
wife, mum, all the labels. So I completely agree with you. I believe that there's a lot of that, especially in our age bracket in in that that area. So you're being very kind there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's I do. So the theme of this season is more than money. I mean, what does that mean to you, and how does that translate to how you work with your clients and the essentially well movement that you've created? So more than money. I mean, my story kind of is that absolute flip on its head from being in the money industry, if you like, to totally flipping and going into the spiritual industry, uh, which a lot of people, I know my own family have struggled uh, with that as my my identity. Uh, Even myself, I did. But money is energy. So, you know, money, we need money. We need to have a healthy aspect and a healthy outlook on what money means to us. But it is particularly only energy. And it's, it comes in, it goes out, it flows in, it flows out. And you need it to survive. However, if you don't have your health, you can't have your wealth. So, and I learned that the hard way. And I was so focused and driven on the dollar and the career and what that was going to do for me in my life that I totally disregarded all the other aspects. And it affected my relationships. You know, I went through divorce, I went through separation. Uh, I went through health issues. So all of the other aspects of my life were affected by it, by chasing that that money or that that illusion that money is going to solve everything. And I think I really it really hit home for me when uh, I got ill in 2015. My husband had just begun a very new business, so he was building a business. I was in a full time job, and I was basically the the breadwinner at that stage, earning very good money, doing what I loved, and everything came crashing down. So there was absolutely no money all of a sudden. So for me, it's creating that balance. Yes, we need money, but if we can't, we can't do anything and get money or, or give money if we haven't got the health and the energy and the backing to be able to do that, get up every day and, and get out there and, you know, live our purpose. So that's why it's particularly important to me in my coaching as well. And I think a couple of things there, some people think that money isn't important. It absolutely is because it gives you freedom of choice. And let me tell you that if you're if you're not looking after your health, then you're going to pay in the future. So you need more money for health care. And, uh, you know, I've got a a bit of a thing in my head at the moment about big pharma. (laughs) Oh, me too. (laughs) And and I have to say, going off to the GP, et cetera, going off to medical specialists, et cetera, you know, no disrespect, they've paid their dues and, you know, they're entitled to earn their, their crust, so to speak. But at the same time, I feel like you sometimes get on that, you know, at the front of hotels, they have that big revolving door that lets you in and you just revolving around and you're just a customer for life you know you can't can't see a medical specialist without seeing the gp you can't see get a specialist scan from the specialist straight away you've got to have had all these different steps of scans and you know whatever before you get to that stage you know and and you find yourself one day sitting there waiting for a blood test and you look around and you go oh my god i saw all these people last month (laughs) yes oh totally and i went through that as well very early when i first got ill that first couple of years it was a never-ending cycle of you know MRI scans blood tests you know heart scans liver scans all this sort of thing and that's why for me I focus 
on holistic health and chemical-free lifestyle as well because what I found on my journey was I was doing exactly that and not getting anywhere. I was actually getting more and more disheartened uh, with myself and came to that point of, and I, you know, I don't know whether you've experienced this as well, but what I find with people that get chronic illness or chronic disease or, you know, those types of things, we feel betrayed by ourselves and we have that internal feeling of, oh, what have I done wrong? But then the external world of the medical system is almost reflecting back to us or mirroring to us exactly that thought. So we get on that never-ending cycle and that train of, you know, starting all of these other beliefs that, that come in, which absolutely affect everything else, affect the way we can earn money, the way we think about money, you know, all those things. So it's this, it's yeah, it's that revolving door. It's absolutely that revolving door. And I had to take my own health into my own hands and do my own research and, you know, really start to change what I was doing daily to be able to see some success. So, And I meet many, many women in exactly that same position where, you know, you, you do your own homework, basically. Pretty much. You be your own health advocate. Yeah. Make your own informed decisions. And that's true of money and also it's true of health yes. uh, and, and all of the areas of your life. You, you owe it to yourself to become literate in, yes. those, in those aspects and, you know, make informed decisions because you're going to pay one way or the other. So Completely. If, if you don't look after your health today, you'll definitely need more money tomorrow. <laughs> Completely. And I think for me too, like growing up in the legal industry, being a paralegal, being, you know, part of finance, I always heard this, if you want to call it a paradigm or belief of around, oh, we make our money now, we do our stuff now to earn our retirement so that we can live our life later. And for me, that was quite a really big belief that I had to kind of flip on its head in that I had to say to myself, I need to enjoy my life now as well because I'm not promised to get to 65 or 80 or 90 or, you know, there's no, there's nothing that says I'm going to get there. So I need to enjoy myself now and I need to create that alignment and balance now so that I don't have to wait until I'm 65 to go and travel and see the world. So, yeah, it was, it was that train of thought as well that really made me wake up. I advocate that with clients actually all of the time. You know, you've got to live along the way. Literally, I got off a phone call right before we're having this conversation from a client who, you know, a very highly paid, well-respected medico. And I said, what did you do on the holidays? He said, I worked through. I just had a couple of public holidays off. Mm. I usually take a month off at this time of year and go overseas. Can't do that. So I've decided to work. I said, are you going to take this time later? Yeah. Oh, no, I'll just keep working. I said, oh, please don't burn yourself yeah. out. Later, later comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Yes. Confirm it. We push things down and we defer things to later. Just totally unhealthy. So in terms of what's more important than money when it comes to business? What I found now that I've had conveyancing businesses in the financial sector, as well as a more heart-centered coaching business, for me, when I was conveyancing, it was always about the person. It was always about how they were going to experience their purchase or their sale. So I always had that heart-driven notion. It was never about how much was that person going to bring in for me. It was always about how are they going to have an amazing streamlined experience. So for me, my business ethic hasn't changed because 
from a health perspective, whilst it's that little bit more personable and it's more more gentle area to touch on because it's health, personal values, beliefs, it's not a transaction as such. For me, it's about authenticity. So it's being that person that advocates for your client. It's being that person that cares for your client, that can listen. And that's what I love about the business I run now is that I can actually see women, the spark going off and them picking up on something the way that I did all those years ago and going, oh, that I'm going to re- that I resonate with that. I'm going to try that and see how that works for me and being open to taking their health into their own hands. So that to me is life changing. And I love the fact that I know that that's part of why I went through that experience so that I can help so many others navigate their way as well. It's like you're saying the words that are running through my head. (laughs) It's, you know, I've always been in a heart-centred business as a financial advisor, even in corporate land, I always led with my heart and what what was right for that person. And I've always wanted to do more and be more and, you know, give people life-changing advice. So that's what brought me to where I am in my business as well. It's, it's, for me, it's never about the money. It's always about the no. best outcome for the person that's standing right in front of me. Completely. Uh, you know, it just it just actually makes me feel good about what I do. Um, totally. Because I do love what I do. Yes, um, me too. And I think you and I can both agree that we've seen the opposite of that in our careers on such a huge level that we've seen how we don't want to work and how we don't want to be. And we've even been in that place of, without getting into detail, but in that place of, you know, being pushed down and suppressed ourselves as women in the finance industry, in the legal industry. And, you know, that's something that I've seen over and over. And it's what I definitely aspire not to be like and not to be to be working in. And so certainly times have changed. I mean, oh, completely. Um, Financial services is quite a male-dominated industry. Yes. Um, yes. That's a statistic, not a... Of course. <laughs> Same as the legal industry. Not, not man-bashing. Yeah. No, not at all. Not no. man-bashing is just a fact. And, you know, look, and there's bullies in every industry. Every. And I think we're much wiser now. But yes. I, I found that, you know, in some industries, talking to other women in particular, that there is certainly uh, people who want to strip your ego and you know bully you and then you don't even realize you push that down too and as I've gone through my health journey or wellness journey let's call it that it might be a way of um, expressing it I just realized how much um, I had pushed down and people used to say oh I read stories about someone something triggered them I actually never understood what that meant until literally months ago and suddenly I realized oh, my goodness, that's what it means. I've been pushing yes. those feelings down for so long. And, and it's quite painful. It's quite painful when, when you come to that awareness. And so I hope that more people speaking about the importance of, of wellness throughout your lifetime and, you know, self-care throughout your lifetime and, you know, making sure that you're living fully in all areas of your life, not just you know, chasing the dollar or, you know, yeah. things when things are out of balance, when you spin a top and the top's out of balance, it yes. collapses sideways. 
Life is very much like a top. You spin that top and it's got to be in balance or, you know, things are are sure to go wrong at some point. Anyway, moving on, is purpose, well-being and connection, you know, people enjoying their life, shining bright and reaching their highest potential more important than money? That's a really good question. I struggled to answer that when you sent that through, actually, and I must say that. And the reason I struggled to answer it is because I totally believe that everything is energy. So for me, and I, and this is something that I never believed in, like you said, six, 10 years ago, before I came onto my wellness journey, I used to hear these things and go, what, what are they talking about? You know, I was very much a why girl. My mum used to call me. I used to ask why for everything and I needed an answer. And so that, that was very woo woo, wasn't it? Oh, totally, completely. And I remember being interested in, you know, people like Louise Hay and metaphysics and I never understood it because For me, in my rational brain, that in my academic, you know, type A personality that I was brought up with, it was like, that's way over there. I can't even begin to appreciate or understand that. And for me to flip and do that 180 and say now that I totally believe that everything is energy has really been a light bulb for me because now when I get a message, might be pain, might be whatever, I look at it so differently. So When you say, you know, is it more important? I think they're equally important. But if we don't have our foundations and being a conveyancer, you know, working with houses and working in the construction industry, I always bring it back to the foundation of a house. You know, if we've got a shaky, split, crumbling, termite-infested house and the foundations are ready to fall apart, you've got nothing else. So, you know, if your health and your well-being is not solid, rock-solid foundation, and you're not doing something daily to really bring that success into your life in your own health and wellness, then money, it's just not, it's not something that will be there. So money is not more important. It's not less important. It's as important, but health and purpose and well-being to me now, if you were to ask me this question 10 years ago, seven years ago, I would have said, oh, definitely not. We wouldn't have had this conversation 10 years ago. Now I say completely health, well-being and purpose is more important, but money is as important. Um, And it's that balance. It's, as you said, it's that wheel. I remember doing this wheel years ago and having money at, you know, 10, I was totally happy and, you know, had all the career and the money and all the rest of it. But the, the other sections of the wheel were like all this little, you know, crumbling, um, uneven wheel and the, the wheel wouldn't have rolled. So, you know, it wouldn't have gone anywhere. So well-being and purpose to me is definitely up there and money is equally as important, but it's not as important as purpose and well-being. So I know that's a bit of a contradiction, but I think you know where I'm going with that. Balance. Uh, so, look, I, you know, alignment. Yeah, yeah. I think that as you were speaking, then Min, I was contemplating that life is a bit like the what? What's that game you have? Jenga or something? Where you stack up oh, yes. those blocks? Yes. <laughs> yep. You know, you can pull part of the Jenga block out, and, you know, move them around yep. and take them off, but you know, basically they're going to only sit there. there for so long. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I found that in corporate land, I was always talking about thinking, you know, finance is about yes. thinking and analysing yeah. things. And now I feel, well, I've just said it then, for me, it's yeah. feeling into things. And yeah. I look back at my journal, I've become a real advocate for journaling. If someone had told mm-hmm. me that two years ago, I'd have laughed in their face. Oh, yes, it's going from your head to your heart. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that in yoga, you know, my yoga journey has really opened up that that door for me. And I've I always thought, which is really ironic, I always thought of myself as being very heart centered and very much an emotional being that led with their heart. But I didn't realize that what I was doing was I was leading with my head and ignoring my heart. So my heart would, as we say, you know, you get these moments of glimpses of awareness or understanding and like you I would make notes I wouldn't journal about it I would note I would constantly be observing or judging myself and there's there's totally they are two totally different words observe and judge and in yoga I've learned that we step outside ourselves to observe without judgment I was constantly in judgment in that negative self-talk in my head about myself 24 7 and just that is such a toxic environment within ourselves. so that's really taught me to be able to just step outside I don't do it all the time I, I default back to my type a sometimes you know I've still got to bring myself back in with you know bring it in but most of the time now like anything it just takes practice you know I can judge and then I'll come back a lot quicker or I will sit in that space of observing and say okay, what do you need to do with this rather than judging it and noting it and trying to fix it then and there, just sitting with it. And I think that's something that I never did before, even especially with things like emotional pain. I never sat with it and felt into it. Mm. And I think as humans, we don't do that enough because we're frightened and that fear and that ego takes over. So if we can just sit in that space and just feel into it, as you said, all this clarity can come from that. And it's so such a magical place to be able to, to sit in. Such strong lessons there. I, I know yeah. that over time, just this, it has been a complete and utter flip on its head of, mm. you know, feeling into things and, and the importance of doing that. Tell us about each of your businesses and how you help women and families. I guess my business is, I look at my business as one. Uh, so I have a, a few different components to that business. So one is, I have a yoga studio here now, a wellness studio here in Caloundra on the Sunshine Coast, uh, where I teach uh, yoga, meditation, breath, uh, yoga nidra, and we're doing a goddess circle this uh, term coming. So we've got our new timetable coming out. So there's that component. Uh, But that also ties into um, and works and overlaps with the coaching component. So I utilize my life coaching skills, my yoga skills, as well as my aroma freedom skills in my coaching side of the business that I do online as well as in person. And then I have the other aspect, which is the chemical-free, toxin-free lifestyle. So all of those to me, they're basically the pillars, I guess, and they all work in and overlap and intertwine because as humans, we've got that, you know, web that we have within us and without us that all of those things Uh, affect our daily life Uh, and they're such good tools that we can bring into our life whether it's for five minutes or for you know 50 minutes Uh, we can work 
on ourselves and in ourselves to be who we aspire to be. So that's how they help, I guess. It's just that education and and teaching uh, others how they can do that as well. And I think part of what I do too, Min, is to have that coaching element to identify gaps where people need some support and Definitely. some learnings. I, I mentioned earlier about literacy, making sure that you're you know closing those gaps. And that's yeah. where the coaching comes in. But it's that longer term mentoring that really takes that person on that journey and really beds down those changes that cause that life-changing action if you like definitely that change of energy and that's just so important from where I sit and the accountability piece is huge and I know for me way back like thinking about now and then if someone said to me and and I mean I sleep we all do we're all human like there are days where I get up and I've, you know, I've gone to bed late or something or I've done something out of the ordinary and I haven't slept as well and I don't do my yoga and I get this, you know, compiling, compounding kind of thing happening. Whereas five, six years ago, I would have just ignored that and moved on and, you know, now I go, hang on, oh, hang on, yes, I need to bring myself back here. What can I do today? It might be 15 minutes, like use today as an example. I knew we were coming online. I knew I didn't have an hour for my yoga. I didn't get up as early as normal, but I slotted in 20 minutes and I made sure that I got that 20 minutes in because that 20 minutes of breath, honing in, attuning into my body, my mind gave me that understanding and that feeling that I could do what I was about to do this morning because this doesn't come easy for me, this type of interviewing and, you know, being on a camera and I... I'd rather be behind all of that, you know, but I'm so passionate about how this can work for people. You know, there's a quote that I love and it just came to me and I, I think it's really important. It's come up a lot in this last six years and it it's by John Maxwell and he says something like, don't, don't hold me to it, but the secret of your success is found in your daily routine. You'll never change anything until you change what you do daily. And I know for me that really hit home because I was doing nothing daily. So I, like you said, I wasn't self-caring daily. I had all this corporate routine, but I never had my own routine, my own self-routine. Mm. Had the kids' routine, had the husband, had the house routine, none, nothing for myself. And at the end of the day, at 11.30 at night, I used to throw myself into bed, you know, with a screaming two-year-old, get up at one, get up at six, and then think that I could go and do all of that again. And now I go, no, I'm, I'm worth it. I deserve this. I need at least 20 minutes or half an hour a day to get myself back into alignment. And what I've noticed is when I don't do that, that compounding effect comes very quickly. So it's like you said, having that accountability, not only to somebody else, but to yourself. And I've really had to check myself on that being now a coach and walking my walk and talking my talk is I've got to be accountable. I've got to live my life with those values as well because I want to be able to talk to my coach at the end of the week and say, yes, actually, I have done those things because it's one of the hardest things as humans to create good habits for some reason. It's just it's a difficult thing we find. That morning routine, it makes me feel so much better. My health coach would tell me, you know, walk five, you know, walk five kilometres or 5,000 steps or whatever, you know, 10,000 steps. But, yeah. I, you know, I like to have a little, you know, 
500 metre walk around the lake that's across the street from my home before breakfast. And, you know, it just kicks off the day. That's the best thing you can do. And I think that's really important that you said that because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, but such and such has told me to do this and I don't want to. And you know what? I've been there myself with my health over and over. I've been told, do this to lose this weight, do this to do that. And I'm like, no, it doesn't resonate with me. You've got to do something that resonates with you, yeah. you know. You've got to do something that makes you feel good, that uplifts you and inspires you. And you're going to get out and do that 500-metre walk every morning because you love it. You're not going to get out and do that 5K walk at, at all because you hate it. <laughs> so you've got to find those little moments of joy, you know, that really uplift you and do those things. And you're right. It's all in the mind, isn't it? So what are your observations about uh, women and money and are there any common mistakes you see them make when it comes to relationships? That's a hard one too. That really got me stumped as well. I was thinking back about my own, you know, personal journey and it could only be, you know, my own and that I don't like to stereotype people or put people in a label because I feel that that stifles them a little. But I know that I grew up with that, very much type A, and I keep referring back to that because I am that way, just naturally driven, ambitious, you know, go, 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 never say no, always looking out for other people, which led to, you know, my burnout and not looking after myself. But I noticed when I thought about your question and reflected, I noticed that what I did find was around that entrepreneurial question was most women that I know that are that way, that want to become or are entrepreneurs, seem to have this stigma around what their earning is about. So basically that we feel compelled to be the breadwinner as well. So when you've got two very, I guess, stereotypical male and female, if the male's been brought up that way to be the breadwinner, as well as the female, you can have this really awkward clashing relationship in that way. And I've been in that situation where, you know, I've got a very stereotypical husband and I love him. He's been brought up. No, I've got to get out there. I've got to work hard. I've got to earn money. That's what my parents brought me up to do. And we clashed quite a bit on that because I struggled to then stay at home and be the mum and the wife and the, you know, all of those things. So that did affect our relationship and our money uh, relationship as well. And it could be that it's just me, but I have found that there are others that have also had uh, that journey as well. I feel that it's getting less that way, maybe in the world that we live in now. There's more equality around that now. There's more of an understanding of, you know, I mean, my husband's fantastic now. Like he knows that if I've got things on, he will stay, you know, he's got the luxury of being able to be at home and, and do things for the kids. And But 20 years ago, that still was very much that stereotypical kind of 50s almost, you know, no, the husband went out and did the work and the wife stayed home. And, you know, like we haven't really moved far off that needle really in, in this amount of time frame I've found. So, yeah, it's a really interesting question. I don't really have a full answer on that one yet. You'll have to come back to me with that one, Janine. I talked to a lot of women who are coming to the end of a, you know, maybe in the exit lounge of their relationship yes. or going through, yes. you know, separating and divorcing. And one of the common mistakes I see, particularly with money, is that they just want to escape. They've yes. had enough. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. 
and I want to know about it. Yeah, yeah. and I've done, and they just give too much away. And because yes. women are already behind in terms of you know pay gap, gender equality, all that sort of thing. That's right. That then is can be quite harmful for their future. Definitely, that's one of the common ones I see. This whole matter we talked about earlier of avoidance. I think some of that comes from a lack of communication. I Definitely. think that we we don't communicate enough. No. And as openly and as honestly as potentially we should during the course of the relationship. And then when it comes to the end, well, it's much more difficult to, to have a conversation yeah. when you're angry and resentful or whatever that is. Yeah. So are you able to talk about some of the positive changes you've seen with couples making a sea or a tree change? Yeah, well, we've done that ourselves. So we've done that a few times. We were Sydney-based, as you know. We were working together um, for most of my life. And then the first move we made was to the Central Coast, and that was due to, you know, relationship uh, issues and things, family, lifestyle. So we decided to make that change. One of the best things we ever did, we loved it. Uh, We loved the Central Coast. I had lived there previously. So it was very positive for us in that time in our lives. We'd been through a lot of hurt and a lot of toxicity, my husband and I. And we were kind of at that point where we were like, I don't know how this is going to pan out if we stay here. And it wasn't just the external environment, obviously. You can't just blame external. It was a lot of internal. But the external environment that we were in wasn't helping us. It was very stressful. It was becoming that grind of you know, drive to work, come home, see the child for an hour, go to bed, do it all again. And we wanted more than that, not just for ourselves, but for our son. So we did that. Then we moved to Newcastle. We had our next baby and uh, we've slowly been inching our way up the the, um, east coast of Australia and now we're in Queensland. So we've done it three times and each time, reflecting on your question, each time something amazing has come from it. So for us, it's been more positive than negative. Sure, there's some, there's some negative aspects, obviously, you know, meeting new people, new town, new place, especially with last year. We moved just before the end of last year. So we hit kind of our stride when COVID hit. So we couldn't really get out and network and things like that. But all of the other aspects, if I had to do a pros and cons sheet for us, it's just been pretty much all pros rather than any, you know, the small amount of cons that are there. Mm-hmm. And there were some serious adjustments we had to make with, you know, money, income, things like that. But it, that's not always the case for everybody. So it's been a wonderful thing for us. I do miss our family. We don't have any family here. For most people that I know that have done it, one of my other friends, she's moved up here as well from Sydney. She said, is the best thing she's ever done. She would never, ever go back. And actually, I've had my dad a few times in the last, oh, probably a few weeks go, you know that if you want to come back. And I'm like, as much as I love you, Dad, I can't go back. I love it too much up here. So, yeah. I love that. It's a very personal choice, but I definitely recommend you doing it once in your life if you've never done it. I, I have done it too. I think the most attractive thing for me is a change of pace. Yes, and that's exactly what we were looking for, change of pace, change of lifestyle, especially the kids. Like when we moved, you know, we were looking at, because we've got young children, I've got a 16 and an 8-year-old, and we were looking at what their future was going to going to hold and I could just see them doing exactly the same things that I had done, you know, and being 10 times worse in a society that was nonstop you know, just give, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. So we went, no, we need to make this change for them as well. And 
whilst there's been adjustments, it's it's worked out really well. And I think if you're in business these days, technology and everything else just allows you to be anywhere. I mean, I'm, yeah. I run my business from Western Sydney and, yeah. you know, my clients are all over the country. <laughs> yes, and same for me now as well. Like we've got a, I've got the studio, which is local, but the coaching aspect can be anywhere now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one positive that's come out of last year is that, People have pivoted and adapted and changed their their thoughts, their patterns, and realised that they can do this sort of stuff, you know, and we can work remotely for for other big corporations as well as for ourselves, which is great. So, Min, you recently published a book, which is incredibly exciting. I'm about to publish my first book. so I know, it's exciting. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to read it. So tell us what motivated you to write it and what did you share that perhaps you wish you hadn't? Yeah, that was a really interesting question, reflecting on that one. Um, I was a co-author for uh, a collaboration book of women, uh, which is called Why Not? So it's empowering stories of women and their journeys. And it's, I feel very blessed to be part of, I call them the cast, you know, because they're just, their stories are amazing. And I have to admit, I thought many, many times, why am I doing this? I can't do this. I can't share this gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching, personal, really, really personal stuff with the world at large. But being who I am and being, you know, my authentic self, I thought, well, how can I not when I'm doing what I'm doing now? So this is part of the journey. And that's the reason I, I agreed to share. I've never been one to just openly share my story. We were kind of brought up that you didn't share your business with everybody else, you know. Your dirty laundry, I think that was called. Yes, you didn't air your dirty laundry. Yeah, well said. Yeah, that's something I'm sure I've heard my mum and dad say. God love them. Yeah, that part of things I had to ask my husband and also my mum and dad permission, basically, and I said to them, look, this you're in this, but you're in this from a place of love and understanding, not, you know, I'm not attacking uh, because... Out of the the journey, I've learned so much about what they did and 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 how they only did what they knew, you know. And I love them for that. I love and adore my parents, and they've always provided for me as a child and as an adult. And you know, my husband's been one of my greatest teachers, you know, with what we've been through as well. So they were both okay with that. So I went, okay, I need to share this because there's so many women out there that I don't feel like my story is unique. I feel like my story is one of a lot of women and it's whether or not we've, you know, gone through or experienced similarities. We might have had a different different timeline or a different, you know, aspect, but we've all kind of had that similar journey. Uh, and I know for me that when I was ill and I was sitting there researching that if I could connect with somebody that had something or some sort of similar experience, I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel like I was the only one. And being ill, being confined to a house for four or five months, not being able to get out, similar to what, what we've been through just recently, but being ill as well, I felt very alone at the time. And just being able to read somebody's journey and to see that they can come through that and that they have those tools within them to be able to do that made me think that I needed to I needed to share this with other people because there's so many women going through, you know, thyroid and endocrine issues and you know, hormonal issues that, you know, so many of us are dealing with daily. And it's it's debilitating. It's absolutely debilitating. You don't have to have, you know, this horrible disease for it to be literally chronically affecting your life daily. 
So, and I think that those are the hardest kind of diseases, aren't they? They're just silent. You, you can't see them. No. You know, if someone's and broken I, an arm, you can see the broken arm. But if someone's broken on the inside, you just can't see that. For my my book, a key theme through that is that you're not alone. So it was really interesting yeah, that you said that. Mm. Mm. So what are the top three things our listeners can do right now to help themselves financially, emotionally, to rid, this, rid themselves of disease, et cetera, in the long run? There's so many, but it comes back to the foundation. I always come back to the foundation and I often say, what were the things that I wasn't doing? It's not what we were, not necessarily what we do or what we know. I often ask myself, I take myself out of that and I go, what wasn't happening? What wasn't I doing? And it's funny. I mean, we hear it all the time, but sleep, number one factor for everything. If we're not sleeping well, and I know this personally, we're not healing because that state of deep rest and relaxation is where we heal. It's where our cells regenerate. It's where our mind lets go. You know, it's it's that space of nothingness. And I know a lot of women say to me, oh, well, how am I, how am I supposed to do that when I don't sleep well anyway because of what's going on? It's not always sleep. It could be 10 minutes of meditation. It could be 10 minutes of sitting down, relaxing, just giving yourself permission to stop. And the walk rest. around the lake. <laughs> exactly. The walk around the lake. The walk, I just got goosebumps. You know, the tea, sitting, just sitting and not looking at your device for 10 minutes and just journaling, like you said, or whatever that means to you. Sleep is the big one, obviously, but it's that rest and relaxation that we need. That's number one. Number one. Number two, I feel is, and it's it's movement. It's not exercise. I've had to change. Exercise used to be a dirty word for me, being a heavy, overweight, obese lady, woman. Um, it's movement. You know, we, we're not designed to sit all day. We are designed to move. So like you said, you walk around the lake, you walk around the house. I used to come up with so many excuses. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. You know, I had a house. I had a front yard. I could walk around it 50 times if I wanted to. You know, that movement, whatever that is, it's stretching, yoga. It might just be getting up and for five minutes and just, you know, opening up your body. And the third one is your breath. And I've learned this so important. And I never, ever gave it a second thought when I was prior to yoga. Your breath, your life force is everything. If you don't know how to breathe, and I was a very shallow breather, I would breathe into my chest, which would cause anxiety, which would cause me to be stressed. If we don't breathe properly, we can't eat, we can't sleep, we can't get better, we can't function. And our breath is with us from the time we're born till the time we die. Mm. So your breath, just being able to tune in and just sit with it and say, how does my breath feel can give you so much wisdom. It's so give you a lot of information, can't it? <laughs> oh, so much if we just stop, but we don't stop. So um, those are, to me, they're my three most important uh, foundational things. Awesome. Thank you. So where can we find you online? Do you have any go-to resources to help our listeners today? I am online at www.essentiallywell.com.au and I'm currently in the throes of getting all of that website up to date. It is quite new, but it does have all of our classes if they're uh, if you're local to Caloundra and the Sunshine Coast, all of our yoga classes are online. My booking is online for coaching services, and I'm about to embark on delivering a beautiful new program this year, coinciding with a launch 
our launch in March of a special magazine that's coming out, but I'm doing a little bite-size Master Your Root Chakra course in the coming few weeks. So that's all online and you can check it out at the website. I had no idea what that meant and I, <laughs> I, I found out, Min. Yeah, it's, it's, it's our foundation. It's our root chakra, which is at the base of our spine. And if we don't have the foundation, as we've been talking about, you know, you can't build on that. So it's working with grounding exercises, breath, uh, being able to centre yourself, attune yourself um, and really get clarity and get clear, you know, what it is that you want to do, whether it's that day, that week, your purpose, whatever it might be, just bringing that body back into alignment, the body, mind and the spirit. For our listeners, if you think all of that's a bit woo-woo, um, I was with you, I was quite sceptical, but I have to say I've actually done the aroma freedom technique with Min and I thoroughly enjoyed it and I found it really beneficial. So I can highly recommend doing those sorts of things. Of course, it's actually anchored in aroma freedom. So that's one of the coaching tools that I use. So, yeah, some amazing shifts um, and dissolving of some negative beliefs and patterning uh, happens with aroma freedom. So it's wonderful. Yeah. But if, if you've got a mountain of resentment, you can turn it into a hillock. So thanks so much for joining us today. I mean, as always, it's just been so beautiful chatting to you and, you know, reminiscing just a little bit. And uh, so if you would like more information about Finesse Financial Advisors, go to our website, www.finessefinancialadvisors.com. And look out for my new Finesse Your Money. There's lots happening in that space. So, you know, learnings, workshops, even a how to improve your future scorecard. So you can go in and do a little self-assessment and figure out where you need to focus your attention and your energy so that you can make some life changes. So we'll drop all the info in the show notes. And thank you again, listeners. And thank you, Min. It's just been awesome talking to you today. Thank you. You too, Janine. Have a beautiful day. Have a great day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show today and have some action steps you can take right now to get control of your money. Join me, Janine Wilson, next time for Finesse Your Money. Meantime, head to my website, www.finesseadvisors.com or email me at admin at finesseadvisors.com to claim a gift voucher for a discovery session with me valued at $150 make sure you put gift voucher in the headline.